Hi everyone, welcome to A Mobile Mentor. Jay Shetty once said, anyone can be your mentor. It's just a matter of learning from someone else's story. So with that, this is a podcast about navigating life on the move, whether it's from England to abroad, teenhood into adulthood, or personal and professional transitions, all wrapped up in the modern world of change. So take what you need, find your own way, and be happy doing it. everyone welcome back to the mobile mentor my name is alex blanks um hope you're doing super well or at least trying to in very strange times i sound perkier than i did in my last podcast primarily because i'm out walking and i generally just feel a bit more like i'm at ease i've released some stuff um and also it's not raining so i always find like silver linings now in smaller things since we've been through 2020 um just finding moments of joy in the day (laughs) and fresh air without being rained on uh, is one of them. So this week, and in, t- in sort of like line with the current times where everything is swelling to the surface, there's lots of turmoil. Um, we're, we're kind of forced to confront, you know, ourselves and we're spending a lot of time with ourselves and our thoughts and our feelings and our hopes and dreams and like the bits of ourselves that are more uncomfortable to accept. And I thought within that, and it being the start of the year, it would be really appropriate to talk about self-love, self-care, self-worth, and where to find that and how to cultivate more of it. And this has been such a big journey for me. Um, It's been one of the biggest themes through my adolescence and my 20s. And I'm kind of reaching 30. And for those of you who kind of acknowledge astrology, this is kind of the time of my Saturn returns. And that's when the planet Saturn reaches where you were when you were born. Um, So you've kind of come through 60 and sort of your life learnings and your path and you feel a bit more like you know who you are what's authentic to you, what, what's important to you, etc, etc. So with that, I was like, hmm, I have some thoughts on this. And also speaking to a family member um, who's younger, and I was thinking like, there's so much I have to impart in this subject, and there's so much I want to share, and so much I wish my younger self would have known. Um, so it felt right to kind of distill it into a podcast episode for you and um would love to hear your thoughts at the end of it you can always hit me up on my instagram i'm at a underscore blanks that's b-l-a-n-x um but yeah just keep keep self-loving and cultivate compassion for yourself i hope you enjoy this episode the first thing i'd love to tap into is comparison and it felt like a really good place to start this conversation because it's something we all have experienced or will experience or know about on some level being human I think it's innate to us it's innate to our species I think it comes even from um way back when we were like you know fighting for survival and there's that acknowledgement of someone else's strengths and weaknesses and and another species threat to us I think it just is baked into who we are and our DNA but obviously in the modern world this is super tough and it has become like almost like a plague a modern day plague and it's been facilitated by the rise of the internet and social media and just having the availability of more information messages we're also shown messages in via so many more platforms than we used to and I think we've obviously focused our attention therefore more outwardly than inwardly and like focusing on who we are and spending time with who we are at our core and so with this comparison comes up and um Something that I felt was really important to address is this thing that everyone talks about, which is um, we need to stop comparing ourselves to others. And to do that, we have to, you know, shut ourselves off from social media, stop the scroll, the mindless scroll. Um, And it's obviously easier said than done. But I do think that's a really big kind of source. Um, 
and a big habit we can start to adopt. And I think I have always found this problematic. I don't think I've ever been able to stop the scroll. Um, I just, what's helped me is becoming more aware of my relationship with platforms and social media. Um, I think knowing that these platforms were designed to give you dopamine hits, to reward you when you're on there for a longer amount of time, to keep things fresh and sparky and dynamic and thumb-stopping. And also the exquisite knowledge we have as a society and those in working in brands and in advertising and paid and all the stuff on social, their propensity to get really creative with these things is obviously feeding that. So, yeah, it is... Um, knowing that and watching I think it was a social something on Netflix and like all these documentaries and films that talk about the social media age make well made me feel like I could separate myself from this machine and it wasn't just me and I the responsibility isn't just on me like I was aware of the wider picture and also aware that everyone goes through this and everyone is sort of like a victim of this so to build on this theme of comparison I want to just talk about how comparison is actually not beneficial at all and it was also the most illogical thing ever we can do because it's so often the case that we're comparing ourselves inside and how we feel about our lives and ourselves and what we have and what we can do and what we are to the outside of someone else's life and that is so bizarre because you think about it it's like comparing a spoon to a can opener like they're two different things also like it doesn't matter if we are different to someone, you know what I mean? Why is it the goal that we're wanting to have exactly what someone else has? Why is the blueprint for life their life? Why aren't, why aren't our lives a blueprint for our lives, you know? So I think it's really important to bring that up. We constantly compare the inside of ourselves and our lives and our worlds to the outside of others. And more than that, that's even more amplified and warped by the fact that others share only the best bits. It's only now in the past couple of years where you see people being a bit more authentic online. They're showing their, let's say, the bits that are not usually shown. You have vulnerability coming up more. We have conversations on mental health and we have conversations on the really, you know, hard um, facets of being human. But it's still, again, like a highlight reel. We're comparing our inner worlds, which is so, so tumultuous. They're so ever-changing. They're so based on cycles and cycles are ever-moving. We're, we're Comparing that to someone else's outside, which is static, it's a snapshot, it's a photo. And we all know photos are moments in time, they're not the full story. So I just wanted to raise this and highlight that, because that really helped me also, knowing that with the systems we're in, like, helped me have a, an easier time with comparison and grasp what comparison is, and, like, know it more than just people being like, you should just stop scrolling, which is, like, very much easier said than done. Another, th another thing I want to raise in this kind of arena especially when it comes to social media comparison is that the world seems to or especially like the younger world seems to glorify this idea of like the influencer role as like the ideal life style and the ideal job and the ideal like, existence when actually if you think about it it's been glorified by a few which has been sorry about that <laughs> which has been propelled by this algorithmic machine so we're basically saying that like what the what the machine tells us is important is important. It's like we don't have autonomy in that. It's like, okay, well, that's important. That's getting more likes. It must be the best ever. That is what po is popular. That's what's cool. When actually, firstly, the Instagram, Instagram and lifestyle, yes, it might be amazing and it must feel great. And all these experiences they're able to experience are like at their fingertips and they can go and do all these great things that are very like admirable. And, you know, they 
reflect the life we kind of want in today's society, like breaking free of the norm. I think freedom is the biggest theme there. But on the contrary, people have ups and downs in whatever circumstances they're in. Like people who have the highest paying jobs will still have ups and downs. People who are like famous um, have ups and downs. People who are, you know, just an estate agent or like happily living a really comfortable um content life with their family have ups and downs it's almost like there's this one set of careers that are glorified and that are like the best and therefore we compare our lives to those um when actually maybe that might not be right for us it's like a second part to this is we need to know what makes us tick we need to know what we value what makes us thrive what's important to us because then let's say we have that awareness of ourselves and what we're striving towards we don't have to compare ourselves as much to that person on Instagram. We don't have to be like, I want their life. Because actually we realise we don't want their life. But, you know, second to that, if we do realise we want that kind of life, it does meet the values, it does meet our interests, it does meet what we want our future to look like. For the good and the bad, like, want to caveat here, we should take into account everything that, that lifestyle has to offer. Then we can be like, okay, if I do want that life and I'm not where I want to be, I need to set goals and work towards it for me just for me and I also have to acknowledge that my journey is so different from that person on Instagram's journey because of like status background let's say upbringing let's say you know growth journey um how I'm seen in the world versus how they're seen in the world you know the advantages they were afforded the advantages I'm afforded and what's to come in my story again we can't even compare because two people's lives two people's histories and stories are so different again it goes back to like comparing a spoon to a can opener we are so individual yet we want to be and have the same life as someone else, but we've arrived at that place in our lives with a completely different, you know, past. So we also need to give ourselves credit for that. So I think that's a really great note to start on, and I hope I kind of gave it justice. But I just basically, the intention here is to ease this whole theme of comparison and unpick it for us as humans. Now, someone who speaks on this so solidly and really well is someone called Breeny Lee. And she's a really strong woman, like black female influencer, um, who speaks on these themes of like authenticity, standing in your power, how to be happy, comparison, embracing, you know, femininity and your individuality. Um, so if this is like a shameless plug, well, it's not shameless because it's not even mine. So this is a plug. Um, go check out her podcast. It's called Pep Talk Podcast by Breeny Lee. And Brini is B-R-E-E-N-Y. The next thing I want to talk about is acceptance. And I did speak about acceptance in my last podcast, which was learnings for 2021. But this time I want to focus it more on like oneself. So it's basically accept yourself as you are is my main message here. Um, this is a journey that takes time. So here I want to share it's all about cultivating compassion for yourself and giving yourself time because it won't be easy. It's essentially asking yourself to unlearn everything you've learned about yourself, basically all your negative self-talk, how you see yourself over time. Like it won't happen. It's a bit like learning a language. You have to give yourself time and patience and it will be annoying, grueling, and you will slip into bad habits and old habits. But I think just firstly acknowledging that you don't accept who you are is the biggest step into becoming a bit more loving towards yourself and being like, okay, I'm not this, I'm not that, I am this, I am that, and just knowing that. I started by 
first looking at sort of like the why of my behavior and like just my behavior in general I was like okay so why am I doing this what's coming up what are my patterns of how I cope um how have I kept myself small where am I annoyed at myself for acting in certain ways where have I tried to change myself I basically looked at the past 10 years of my life or like however long however old you are look back at the last few years of your life and notice any patterns so I started there I dug into my defaults and then when I put those down on paper um, anywhere which is basically the opposite of accepting who I was I was like hmm they're in front of me sometimes it wasn't even on paper I just acknowledged like in the moment like oh my god when I'm in that group of people like I make myself really small why is that why am I making myself small to be more palatable or like easygoing because they're all big characters why am I doing that when actually traditionally I would show up and be more sparky and vibey and more like let's say extrovert I'm not saying you all have to do that but I think just acknowledging where you feel that you're not showing up as yourself or you're trying to like change yourself almost is a really big starting point and then further to that it's like thinking about where they've come from like where have these behaviors been formed and why and I think a lot of us can agree society at large um, you know with the patriarchy at play and all the different um, ways intersectionality affects different individuals um, that's a big thing to acknowledge if you have various intersections because society will obviously try and make things less accessible for you in truth if you are further away from let's say whiteness and being a male um being a man um and then there's childhood there's educational institutions there's um every sort of institution possible possible (laughs) possible that are that kind of formulate our ideas of ourselves it's almost like these institutions project what we're meant to be and we we're you know fragile young susceptible beings being like yes sir okay this is how I meant to operate in the world and what gets rewarded and what gets um degraded okay and then we have to figure out ourselves through the system who doesn't take into account all of us so it's almost like we have to do all the work to undo that and learn like ah that came from school that person got rewarded for this behavior but I don't really agree with that and I wouldn't have done that so why did I change myself just to get that like approval you know like all these things feed into how we've you know been taught not to accept ourselves almost so I think it's really important to know where they've come from and also our default behaviors period sometimes it's parenthood I think also a lot of it's parenthood like what have our parents projected onto us knowingly unknowingly we almost have to kind of like acknowledge that they've been through the same so we can't always catch every side of ourselves and every moment in which we project so just acknowledging where maybe our parents have formed our ideas of us and therefore how we've taken them on and almost change ourselves so it's almost like we have to break free of these these things that they've expected us to be um, once we find who we are Um, another thing I looked at in this topic is identifying where I truly shine and what really makes me happy and I had to take time to do this and I think this takes time as you grow up grow up because you kind of realize through trial and error and experimentation and like joining things whether it be clubs or like subjects or trying new jobs or like being in different relationships what that is and that takes time so it's almost like once you have a big bucket of experiences you can look at them and be like okay there's some patterns here I get it and you can acknowledge what you do like and what you don't like better and you find a bit more where you sit between all the choices and the chaos so I was like okay so I know that this makes me happy doing this type of work I know that being in this type of relationship worked better for me than the other I also know when I'm around that type of person someone who you know is really humble and like doesn't take up doesn't want to like hog the room or like doesn't make other people feel bad for just being who they are doesn't make fun of people like things like that I'm like I like being around those people so it's sort of like activities people company um 
what are the things that make you feel you and where you feel like sort of at ease inside there isn't that tension there there isn't that like I don't feel nice here or like why am I silent or why don't I feel I can speak up kind of thing um I really think that that's an important way to identify who you you know are and want to be more even like where do you shine where are you doing a I want to do this rather than I need to do this why where are you doing I want to do this rather than I should be doing this I think they're key questions to ask yourself and again like having these to mind takes so much so much practice just to even like get used to thinking like that because sometimes we'll like go to things by default or we'll um entertain something because we've done it before and it had like you know that burst of dopamine it gave me a thrill but then at the end of it we're like hang on a minute that really wasn't worth it so again this takes time but I think having the am I doing this because I want to rather than I should do or I need to question front of mind for things is a great tool And my next point is the company we keep. It has been said from many people who are in the self-development space, who are in, you know, the emotional growth space, that we are the average of the five people we spend the most time with. And this doesn't have to be literal time, physical time. It is also the people we connect with regularly, who we tend to, you know, are we around by default, that kind of thing. And if we like it or not, and if we're conscious of it or not, their habits, their energies, what they want rubs off on us and vice versa. And naturally, because we are a social species being human, we tend to kind of like being around people. And it's almost, especially if we've come to realise like, oh, they're a long-term friendship, they're a long-term relationship, it's comfortable, I don't want to change it, they're my parents, I have to be around them. We almost like don't ever think about this. We're like, oh, I just naturally am around these people. But I think it's important sometimes we take a step back from our relationships and our connections and do a bit of a, are we all okay here with our connections and who we spend time with? Because they rub rub off on us and they shape our ideals and our views of the world. Like again, whether we like it or not, if we don't have this conscious aspect to who we're spending time with, that can happen and we can fall into this pattern of being around people who we don't maybe naturally want to be around as much or don't serve us. Um... I think the word serve is really key here because the more I've kind of become aware of this over the years, the more I've been like, I've actually probably been around some really great people and not given us enough kudos to them. But people who inspire me, people who are go-getters, people who are super compassionate and empathetic, people who are really human and make me feel lifted up rather than drag me down has been the butt of my company. I wouldn't say butt, that's a horrible word. Let's say the bulk of, the bulk of my company. And I've realised by having really great company, it lifts me up. If I'm around people who are positive, I'm more likely to be positive. If I'm around people who are really aspirational and doing great things that I find really impressive, I'm more likely to do that. If I'm around people who have really good habits, I'm more likely to adopt those good habits. So here, once I catch my breath, I'd love to extend to you to do a little like connection check and also a vibe check. Like, I think also being asking yourself am I the smartest in the room is another great question or or another avenue to this and you can change that um, adjective out like am I the most compassionate in the room am I the most um, inspiring in the room am I the most loving in the room just to make sure that you're you're in line with where you want to be and where you want to go because if you are that in the, the most in the room it means your company around you isn't at the level that will keep pushing you to grow it means that you're the one who's always like above let's say the parapet and you're going to have to find that sort of like 
growth elsewhere. But if you're around people who are even smarter than you, even more loving than you, even more aspirational than you, even more compassionate than you, then you're going to keep growing in that space. So I would also say that's another way to kind of assess your company. I think good company breeds good company. Yay! Self-care. I want to put this here and explain why self-care is here and how, what I mean by self-care. And this is a shameless plug, but I have done an episode called um, A Short Guide to Self-Care. So if you look back in my library, you'll see it. Um, but self-care for me means finding a way to make myself feel good when I'm not feeling so good or making myself cultivating an environment or set of habits or doing things that make me feel better when I'm feeling okay. So either way, it's a positive thing and it's an individual thing. And emphasis goes on to individual here because I think self-care has been thrown around so much. It's used in various ways. It's got sort of a bad rap. It's got a really great rap. You know, like it's, it's linked to the wellness movement, which has been sort of problematic and culturally appropriated. But there's also some good intention behind all this. And like, I do think it's forced us to open up the conversation of our own wellness and our own individual kind of like care program, let's say. So what I have identified is self-care isn't for me like having a face scrub isn't for me like retail therapy. It isn't for me um, going out and getting shit faced. Excuse my French and my language. And excuse the car exhaust. Um, Yes, sometimes self-care can be a blowout. I won't lie. But I know that for me to keep on my optimum and keep balanced, self-care for me looks like long walks. It looks like getting up for fresh air every day, even if it's like shit raining. It looks like going for baked goods and treating myself to a a coffee or like just a moment of spending something on myself that makes me feel I deserve it and I'm worth it. Um, And I think this comes from being in a really restrictive phase of my life for so long around money, around spending, around just food, that now I'm allowing myself to reverse it and challenge those beliefs and be like why am I not worth it why can't I have those things so again like it goes back to this idea of self-care being so individual based on your past stories your past experiences um so continuing my self-care sort of program I also know it's being introverted and having time by myself and I didn't realize this for so long because I was always that person who was like everywhere doing everything never missing out on something FOMO was like my biggest plague like amongst other things in my 20s and I was like yes 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 when I really needed a no I needed to learn how to say no I needed to know what wasn't good for me I needed to not let FOMO be plaguing my decisions and actually I I fare really well when I have time off of people I fare really well when I can just be like okay I've had a big day I need to recharge and actually the time alone is a good thing and there's nothing wrong with it why am I why am I judging being alone as like this failure I can't do everything when actually it makes me show up and more lively for the next opportunity and feel better about myself and not feel completely tired and shattered and, you know, have, I have better conversations when my brain's rested. I, I don't feel depleted. So for me, it was like, okay, maybe I need more time alone than I realise. And lastly, it's sort of processing my feelings, journaling, and doing a lot of writing just about nothing and having no parameters or intention for writing but just to write for right's sake get it out put it on a page let it go release whatever's inside of me going round in my brain and and then give myself some rest time and I know that this doesn't work for everyone and I know that not everyone loves writing and I'm just saying again I prescribe this for myself because I've realized that's helped me process and having it on the page helps me go back and see patterns in my behavior 
and know that that is there and I can refer back to it because my memory isn't strong. I know some people do a lot of their like self-work and like growth just by just going through it and they can remember it and remember that last time something happened not to do it again. But that was really hard for me. So I felt like writing and writing poetry about my experiences is really therapeutic and part of my self-care regime. So with that, all that to say is find a self-care way, program, a set of things that work just for you. And also don't be, don't be influenced by other people's self-care routine because I know that I went through this period a lot like I saw everyone waking up at 5am to go to the gym and lift weights I saw everyone eating vegan I saw everyone doing 12 things a day um, to, to make themselves feel really good I saw people prescribing to health supplements and that's all well and good that I'm not bashing this whatsoever I'm just saying we all need to find where we work best and what works for us and it doesn't always have to be what's shown a lot or you know positioned under this idea of self-care by the media or social media and sort of my penultimate thought and conclusion is on uniqueness uh this probably circles right back to uh, acceptance but um we're all unique in our own way and i think we should really learn to embrace this and we're at a period in time where i think society is letting us and speak up for us more and there's more space for individuality and more space for people to say what they need to say and i think that's a great time uh, it's a great time for it because i can't imagine in the historic sense of like being able to just come out as your full self and feel safe or even feel like they can stay alive like there's been so many points in history where that's not been the case and i think we've been afforded a really great you know time in history where I mean, there's still people who go through this and there, it is unsafe for them. And um, I just have to acknowledge my privilege and how lucky I am to be able to be like, OK, I can say this and be this and I might be still alive tomorrow. Um, so I'm not saying we're free of that, but I'm saying there's a bigger appetite and space for it than there ever was in history. So with that note, owning who we are fully and not trying to berate ourselves for it is so important. And I can speak here from an identity standpoint and like how I show up to the world. I have brown skin, I'm mixed race. I've sort of gone through this I this space, especially this summer of 2020, really thinking about who I am and where I fit. And, you know, parts of me that are rooted in Africa and parts of me that are rooted in England and how I'm seen by both groups and how I'm seen by the majority. And I've also learned how much I was sort of blindly leaning into whiteness more than ever. And I didn't acknowledge my blackness and I, it, was, it came to a really big shock to me and I felt so guilty for that this summer, really tr- tracing through that. My point being, I want to be able to fully embrace, embrace both sides and acknowledge you know, where that fits in the world um, and not feel ashamed for certain things and ashamed for, let's say, my blackness because there was times in my life where bullying and hate came my way and I think that did form you know, that push towards whiteness because that was more palatable and that was more of the norm. And again, like, whiteness is seen and glorified in society. We can't escape it, as the 2020 events have brought to light. So it's all to say, I'm going to link it to something that's, again, back to our human species kind of era. But a leopard is a leopard. Like, it doesn't try to hide its spots. It is a leopard. It does its leopard thing. The animal kingdom doesn't try and change itself. It just is, and it it operates as it's meant to. So fish do fish things. 
Leopards do leopard things. Leopards hunt. Leopards rest. Leopards don't try and do fish things, is kind of what I'm trying to say. They don't try and hide from their outer appearance. They show up in it because that's all they are and that's all they have. So here I think it's all like, if I compare, you know, the animal kingdom and like us as species ages ago when we were more in our Neanderthal state, we just had to use and be what we were because that's all we knew. Um, and we had to do that in order to survive. And I don't want to make such a stark and direct contrast between, you know, those times and where we are now because we have a lot more order in society. But we are all here trying to just be and live. So although you know, not waking up the next day or not being here isn't like a reality for all of us. Um, it's still this process of like, we have to exist and we do have to like get places and the growth is part of being human. So if we're trying to shy away from who we are and what we are, we aren't fully embracing it. Um, a leopard tries to survive just by all the, you know, aspects of itself. It uses all of them when it needs to in different times. So why can't we do the same when we're trying to be out here, you know? But anyway, um, I'm going to wrap with saying our unique edges are our superpowers. So, you know, we need to pull them out. We need to own them rather than crunch them down because who knows when they will be, when they will show up for us and help us escalate and get to where we need to be. So I'm going to wrap. I'm going to wrap there. I feel like that covered everything that I needed to say for now. I'm sure I'll do another podcast episode on this theme when I've done some more growing because, you know, never ending. But... It's all to say, like, it's a journey. And I know I hate it when people say that to me and it really bugs me because the journey feels so intangible and I'm a bit like, give me the blueprint. blueprint. But, yeah, basically there is no blueprint at the end of the day. It just requires a process of connecting to ourselves because we've been taught by society, especially Western society, or where there is less of a spiritual practice or faith, that everything comes from outwards and we actually have to learn to, like, look inwards and connect to ourselves to know who we are and what makes us happy and therefore to find worth in ourselves and to find solace and comfort in being who we are. So patience is needed. I think also knowing you should stick to what is important to you and not other people. Like, keep that front of mind whenever you make choices or, like, you're looking towards a new year or a new decision. Also, with that, then firmly standing in your boundaries and setting those boundaries. And you can do this kindly. And I also have done an episode on setting boundaries. So go flick back. <laughs> Another plug. But we can set boundaries um, because then it protects both what we love and who we are and what we do best. And it also signals to other people like that's important to us. And we don't want to be this like really malleable thing that does everything for everyone because then we lose ourselves in that process and we don't want that, do we? So I think setting boundaries around the things we love whether it's like I really need to go on this run this morning every day before work I'm sorry I'm going to be a bit late for the meeting but I'll make up for it like we can be honest and we can protect those things because we are then going to be better for the meeting and and working that extended hour like after you know like these are examples of setting boundaries and and doing it kindly with with compassion okay and then another point to end on is when we are going through this journey, we need to also extend the compassion for others because, you know, there's times where they will be acting sort of like with ignorance or not know their shortcomings or the way, when they're projecting onto us. And we have to think, look, we are also in this place. We're all growing at different rates. We've all been formed by outside perspectives and influences. So I'm going to extend my compassion I have for me on this journey for like learning who I am to you. And if you come at me in a way, I'm, I'm going to try and take that and be like, okay, you're just feeling away, you're doing your thing, you're going through your own journey, rather than thinking like, F them, that's rude, I hate you. Like, yeah, you obviously can 
cut energy that is like that more often than it isn't than it is good but also know that some people might be going through their own journey so we have to extend compassion for others we're all in this together we've all been we've arrived at the same place in the same world and a, a last thought is identify the bad voice in your head um excuse this noise once again what i what i mean here is like we've all got our inner critic we all know where that voice has come from like in the beginning chapter we've been formed by these outside ideals and therefore form this like inner inner voice it's like you're not good enough you're crap that person's better than you why are you being so like obnoxious like why don't you tone yourself down like all these things we are have our own little voices once you've identified your voice and you hear that person that thing coming through name that thing name this voice i named mine phil phil is this arrogant white male who's quite like a bit of a geezer but also like unforgiving so i know he always comes from this place when he's berating me if i want it's even like sometimes he comes out when i want to rest he's like why aren't you up doing shit you know like why aren't you getting better on improving yourself like as if i always have to be doing something and i i talk to phil i'm like phil mate i need a rest and you can actually, once you've identified and named this sort of persona of this inner critic, you can have a word with him whenever he pops up or have a word with them whenever he pops up. And this comes back from to like identifying who and what influenced you when you were younger and influenced you moving away from yourself. That's kind of where I've decided who Phil was for me. So then whenever I had that voice come up, I can, I can counter his messages with met- messages of love and I can be like, actually, Phil, today I don't really feel like that. My authentic self my inner self, the person who I really am, says she needs a rest and she needs to lay on the sofa and she needs to watch Netflix. But tomorrow she's going to go for a run and she really wants to run, trust me. So sit down, Phil. And Phil sits down. So I think, yeah, all this is to say this type of education was never afforded to us. We never were taught to learn self, learn about self. But there are some great resources out there. There are great podcasts out there. There are great way speakers out there telling us all these things. I hope I have sort of done some of that today. But also I want to plug, lastly, not my own, The School of Life and Alain, Alain de Botton, who's um, a modern-day philosopher. It's all about this emotional self and being human in today's world and today's society. He touches on a lot of the stuff I've talked about today. But that's a great place to start on like self-education and moving through the world. Um, and it hopefully will alleviate some of the stresses and things you're feeling and moving through if you're anything like me. So thank you so much for listening. Hi all, thank you so much for listening to the Mobile Mentor Podcast. If you did really enjoy yourself, please hit the subscribe button. We are available on all podcast platforms. And if you want some more nuggets of wisdom, follow us on Instagram. We're at the Mobile Mentor, all one word. If you want to send us an email with your thoughts and ideas or suggestions, we're at mobilementorpodcast at gmail.com. Cheers!